the Voice America Variety Channel. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. My guest today, Debbie Johnson, I'm excited about this guest. She's a successful stay-at-home mom, formerly a corporate manager in the shoe industry, and she's now serving the full-time Christian ministry. Today, though, it is her life's mission to expose sexual slavery in America. The first time Debbie ever heard of human trafficking was in 2007. The sale, sexual exploitation, and murder of little girls in Mexico just broke her heart. And this experience has taken her on an unexpected journey. I'm going to let her tell you about that. But human trafficking, the illegal trade of human beings for commercial sexual exploitation or forced labor, it encompasses the organized movement of mostly women and children with and between countries for sex work using physical coercion, deception, and bondage, and possibly through forced debt. Just the term human trafficking makes me kind of queasy, does it you? It's so widespread that the United Nations adopted the International Trafficking Protocol Legal Agreement in 2000 in Palermo, Italy, uh, designed to suppress and punish trafficking, especially in women and children. But we will be talking today about sexual exploitation, human trafficking, right here in the United States, right here in California, and actually right where... Debbie resides in Modesto, California, um, on the eastern side of California. Please join me in welcoming Debbie Johnson, the founder of Without Permission. Hi, Debbie. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great. Uh, Debbie, uh, I would, would like you to tell the story of how you got so focused on human trafficking. Well, like you shared, I was sitting in a luncheon, actually, and the founder of an organization that operated out of Mexico was sharing the plight of trafficking. And really it was about um, little boys and girls that are bused to corporations in Mexico. And traffickers pay the bus drivers to um, let the little boys off, but not the girls. And they take them to undisclosed areas, use them in child pornography and child sex trafficking. And when they're finished with these girls, they suffocate them and bury them in mass graves. And it literally was the first time I'd heard it. And what broke my heart was the thought of the mothers that are sitting in these villages that put these daughters on the buses to go to uh, work, so to speak, in these corporations. And when the bus comes back around and the little boys get off and their daughters don't get off. And my heart just went to these mothers that are standing there. Where's my daughter? Who's going to help her? What happened to her? And... And so there began my my um, search and my journey. Do you, do you know or do you think that these families know what's going on? Well, I, I believe they know in Mexico um, what's happening and, you know, the corruption. We've seen more and more of it in the last couple of years, make the national news and, and who's in charge in Mexico. 
Um, what I, I think we don't know is that uh, the same thing with different tools is happening right here in America. And that's what I began to do. I began to research and educate myself in, um, and was just um, overwhelmed at how profitable, organized, um, out in the open human sex trafficking is in the United States of America. Huh. I don't think our parents know it's happening. Right, right. And so then what was the next step that happened to you? Well, I, 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 as you said, I'm a Christian, and I felt like I got a plan from the Lord that he gave me explicit things to do. And so I began first by educating my sphere of influence, uh, the men in my life, the, the peers that I work with. And it, I spent two years, Francie, just getting people uh, to engage this conversation. They didn't want to talk about it. It's not in our in our state, our country. Um, it was so horrific to hear that they would just stop talking, Debbie. We don't want to know. So I spent two years bringing people along and then um, looking for a team of volunteers that had the same passion and, and would serve the vision that I have. And um, so I did that for two years. And then we just went to work in 2009. Uh, 10, we just started um, working and putting our, our vision and our mission statement together. And then we started to get um, victims here in Stanislaus County. Huh. That's amazing. Now, there were, um, there were two women that had a, a real impact on you. Yes. What yes. happened then? Um, well, there were ladies that I had served with and, and done work with, and they served in a leadership role, and they began to share that this had happened to them decades, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And so um, systematically, you know, human trafficking and sex trafficking, Francie, is not a new crime. Right. And folks like yourself and people in law enforcement and in the criminal justice system, um, this is just a new a term and a label and identifying it so that we can talk about it, so to speak, criminalizing it. And so these ladies um, had experienced it. One was at 16 years old, was taken out into an area here and and um, was raped. And they, the rapist continued to tell her that he was going to sell her over and over and over again. And this was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, she didn't know what that meant until I began to talk about trafficking. The other lady's in her mid-50s, and she was 13 years old when her and a girlfriend, like a lot of teenagers would do, decided they didn't want to listen to their parents, and they ran away. And two men picked them up here and began to drive them to San Francisco and accost them in the vehicle, and they had the, the luck um, of getting away. And she had come up and shared that story, and she knew that that was what the intentions were for her as well. Oh and goodness. so it, it was it was the information that I needed but here was the case breaker for me. Um, so one of the ladies on the team that I was raising up was a foster care mother. And it was um, at that time that we received a phone call from one of her girls that uh, used to be in her foster care program here in Modesto uh, in the middle of the night down at our Five Points Jack and Box called her to come and rescue her because her pimp had just beaten her up on our main street, one of the motels on our main street. And I sat with her the very next day, and she was able to tell me textbook sex trafficking, her story and how it had happened to her right here in Stanislaus County. And since that time in 2011, 2010, 2011, um, those stories continue to unfold, 
Currently, we are serving eight survivors of sex trafficking, all of their cases uh, here in Stanislaus County. Okay. I want to come back to that, but I just, I just want our listeners to understand because we have listeners that are across the world. Uh, Stanislaus County is actually, um, a small, fairly, well, it's not really small, but it's farming community on the east side of California. And the idea that sex trafficking is going on there is, it's astonishing, isn't it, Debbie? Yes. Yes, absolutely. When we started this, we were told, Point blank, it is not in our area. We don't have this from law enforcement, residents, um, educators across the board. We don't have this issue in Stanislaus County. And I was able to give them multiple. Um, you, in 2010, we had three attempted abductions, broad daylight at school within, you know, blocks of schools in our area that fit the profiles of trafficking cases. And no one was even thinking about it in our local paper, talking about it. Um, our chief of police, no, no one believed it was happening. And so until we started putting the cases and then educating law enforcement, educating our community, I mean, they're just rolling out now. People are like, oh, we didn't consider, and oh, I didn't know. And, and so um, it's been, like I said, here for decades. It's been happening. We are in the central part of the state. We are part of the circuit that they run through. Um, and so, yeah, it's very much here, and, and it's it's educating our community and law enforcement that's giving us the ability now to, uh, we're hoping, eradicate it completely out of Stanislaus County. Well, Debbie, we have a caller, Dottie Laster. Dottie, are you there? Yes, right, so good morning. Bringing her on. Hi, Dottie. Uh, Debbie, let me introduce you to Dottie. Dottie has been in this human trafficking ferreting out business for a while now, and she has a organization called millionkids.org and she also trains law enforcement so these you two need to know each other okay (laughs) (laughs) let me just tell you briefly about Dottie she also has Dottie do you still have your own show I don't but I did for about a year and a half okay Dottie used to have a show called Trafficked on Hear Woman Talk Radio um, but her background is she worked for YMCA International and she was appointed to the U.S. Attorney's Human Trafficking Rescue Alliance Task Force. And she's trained, well, the last time I talked to her was over 5,000 police officers, um, but it's probably more than that now. And she <laughs> was selected by the U.S. Attorney's Office to be the Department of Justice certified and now trains everybody and provides consulting on uh, groups that serve victims of trafficking and prosecutes traffickers. Great. So uh, you two probably, I suspect, will get together on the phone after we're through with the show. But Dottie, uh, give us your um, your viewpoint because uh, Debbie is blown away by the trafficking that's in her neighbor, her own neighborhood, and you're all the way across on the other side of the country. So give us your input. Well, I'd like to commend Debbie for all her work and, and uh, for all the barriers and hurdles I know that are put up, especially in the early days, trying to convince people that this occurs. And uh, um, it's really important that that uh, she be listened to. And uh, I'm so thankful to have others out there breaking down these barriers um, so that victims can receive the help they need. And uh, I would say it sounds like she is spot on target. <laughs> Thank you. And and Dottie, uh, tell everybody where where you practice for the most part. 
Um, well, I'm in Texas, but I work all over the nation, and um, I specifically spend a, my more, majority of my time combating the problems in Houston. I was born there and love that city, and it's become harsh and brutal and uh, just a playground for the traffickers. It's actually a very welcome spot for them, and um, so my heart, and I always say Houston's like an abusive boyfriend. I love it, and I keep hoping he'll change. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so Debbie, um, what have you what have you uncovered? Tell us some some situations. What have you? Well, there's a couple of things that are are key for the platform over the next three years that we'll eventually get to talking to, but. One of the things that um, we've trained, without permission, trained 170 police officers. Our entire Modesto Police Department has been trained. Um, we've trained 30 probation officers, court judges, service providers, providers, and everything. There's an amazing collaboration in Santa Cruz County, um, and I'm just honored to be in this town and to serve um, with people that have the vision and are willing to change. And some of the changes... Um, that I'm hoping will continue. Statistically, 75% of purchasers say that they would stop purchasing sex if they were publicly shamed. Um, that, for me, is a no-brainer. It's a free thing we can do. And so um, we need to know that the purchaser, supply and demand, basic economics, um, if we will address these purchasers and uh, change that uh, old pattern of arresting our, our victims, and go after the purchasers. Something that's um, that's just family that we talk about. That is an easy fix. It doesn't even require a whole lot of money. That we can, you know, really change that. So that was one thing that I learned that we need to go after these purchasers. The other thing that people, the conversation has to begin to be had in, on a national level. Um, I always say that uh, marijuana is to meth what pornography is to trafficking. Sex uh, pornography is the introductory drug to sex trafficking. And it's an American shame that we have, um, uh, what, what is that? I can't think of the word right now, just left my brain, but um, laws on the books for decency, it's not the right word, but we're, we're not enforcing any of these laws. We're allowing the pornography industry to just thrive and grow. Um, I know in the state of California alone, I think five of the major producers of pornography come out of our state. And this is feeding the demand for young girls and sex trafficking, and then it's feeding the addiction of the abusers or the purchasers, if you will, and creating this market for our daughters and our young women. And so this pornography issue has to be talked about, and it has to come to the forefront, and we need to um, discuss that. The other thing that is just terrifying and and tragic to me is that it's happening on our high school campuses, that that recruitment, we just did a training, not we, our family justice in Abbott County just did a training at one of our local uh, continuing high schools. And the population of boys at that high school, Francie, did not know that pimping was illegal. They thought that it was a legitimate career choice. <laughs> really? That's the culture that we're breathing and what our generations of young men believe, that they can make a good living, and they can, we know that, financially, on the, the lives of the young girls that they're going to school with. Um, it's terrifying uh, what the local 
um, case a situation where in our local mall right here at Vintage Fair Mall, one of our uh, district attorney office employees, their daughter was approached by a bottom B recruiter in her job at our mall. And what do you and mean by a bottom? What do you mean by a bottom B recruiter? In the in the industry and in the flow of things, there's a, a BITCH is what they call them. The bottom B is what we call her. Um, and she's the recruiter. She's been the longest or she has the closest relationship to the pimp trafficker. And her job is to not only recruit in new property, new girls, but as well prepare, train them to be what the industry calls turnout, put out on the street to begin to make money and go out on um, what they call dates now. In the past, it was called a trick, but today everything is it's called a date, and so they soften it all up. But these girls, these bottom bees, go out and talk to other girls. Hey, how you doing? The conversation goes. Uh, how do you like your job? I bet you only make minimum wage. And so the recruiter says to this young lady, um, you know, you can make more money if you were a prostitute. Wow. And she said, why don't you let me introduce you to my boss, which is the trafficker, take you to dinner tonight at BJ's Restaurant, and we'll tell you how the whole thing works. Hang on to that, Debbie. We need to take a quick break. This is amazing. Debbie Johnson will be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. We're back. Dottie, your experience mirrors what Debbie's saying about what's happening in Modesto, California? 
Yeah, she's she's going along exactly as it. I mean, her experience is exactly what we've experienced. And and do you agree about the uh, pornography issue? Absolutely, and in fact, I think I would even state it stronger. Like she's she's saying it correctly, but um, I'm finding that it touches most of the men in our lives, and um, that it's destructive very quickly, almost immediately. Um, and they are acting out um, a way, whether it's with prostitutes, stripping, many other horrible things, that this is encouraging. Amazing. There was okay, a research, go- uh, com recently did a study, and they were looking for a group of control men, men who weren't buying sex, to compare the buyers of sex. They were looking for 100 men to be the control group and could not find them. And that was a multi-state and international study. They settled for 100 men who hadn't bought sex in a month. Really? That is huge. That needs to be, that needs to be shouted from the mountaintops. That's amazing. Unbelievable. And it's the first time I've said it publicly. I've been married 29 years, and I'm separated and going to divorce now because it's affected my life as well. We as women must protect our homes. Absolutely. And our men are out there doing this. And, and, and just think of the demand. The demand is huge. It's how do you make that much money anywhere from 20 to $160 at a time? you have to have the most giant pool of people to sell to. And it's the people related to us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. true. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, this is, this is great, you know, because the listeners of the show are about 42% women. So this is a message that needs to be out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's clear indicators and signs, um, which I understand more clearly now. And uh, my experience is the fact that I've gotten very good at my job. <laughs> it's not because it wasn't always there. I just got smart enough to find it. Um, and so I would I would urge women to uh, seek understanding and training on this because the men are just as broken as the victims, but they're acting on other people, and the victims are receiving. It's like this mirror image. And... Um, I think it's up to us to demand that our families be rid of this and help heal whatever these problems are that are bringing them to act out in this very horrific way. And, uh, you know, for a, a longer show I could explain, but the point is it's up to us to know. We must protect our sons, our husbands, our fathers, our boyfriends, our future loves. We are all affected by this. Absolutely. And legislation, the word I was looking for was obscenity laws. Um, we have obscenity laws, and pornography um, continues to thrive in spite of those laws. And so, I mean, the new drug that I like to put out is the new drug of choice is dopamine. I mean, we have an entire uh, culture of men that are addicted to the high of this uh, chemical release from, you know, their sexual activities, and it's driving this industry and driving men to... Um, rape little girls and and pay for it's paid rape and so uh, the pornography issue is uh, um, something that we have to talk about it it supports it's the foundation it's driving and it's taking our men our leaders it's destroying a generation um, our victims are girls but it's a result of the pornography industry i second that and- extremely loudly 
And Debbie, I we, when we, before you we took a break, I kind of cut you off midstream. Go ahead with what you were saying about that. Um, about pornography, or well, here uh, let me give you a couple couple of things that I've learned while I've been doing yeah. this over the last five years with the bottom B recruiter. Let's let's just follow that thought process out. We currently are serving survivors from the ages of fifteen to twenty seven year old mother. Um, when these girls are recruited at twelve or fourteen or fifteen years old. Um, they are sat in front of pornography, and that's how they are trained and prepared to be turned out onto the street to service the purchasers of sex. And so you have a 14-year-old girl who doesn't know anything, and pornography then becomes her teacher, and she goes out and she acts those things out. These traffickers are businessmen. They're entrepreneurial. They have books on how to build their business plans Um Maybe in the next segment I'll share with you. I have an actual piece of evidence that was used in prosecuting a trafficker over in Alameda County, and it is his business plan. And so these these uh, men and women traffickers out there are systematically, strategically building empires with our daughters. And one of those flows of revenue for them is taking these victims and using them in pornographic films and then putting them on the internet and then our purchasers are watching that internet pornography and then going out on the street and buying these girls, making dates with them on the internet. And it's just a vicious cycle. It's a huge machine um, that is happening. You know, you both have been talking about, um, and I introduced at the show as well as about women and girls, but what about the boys? Aren't they trafficked as well? Yes, they are, and I've I've got quite a few uh, young male victims as well as child victims. And uh, what's interesting, though, what we're talking about, no matter whether it's men or girls or women, um, the buyers are overwhelmingly men. You know, think about commercial sex. It's not marketed to women. It's marketed to men. So um, it's very lopsided. When I write demand, I write D-E and capitalize M-A-N, because man is who it's sent to, and man is who this is all geared towards. And it's up to us as women to uh, to demand that our men return to being what a more whole definition of male is, not this distorted version. Yeah, and well, that is and a really in, yeah. Go ahead. Well, and I would say here's a couple of things that we have to keep in mind. One. statistically, it's 30% of women are addicted to pornography as well. Uh, Case in point, Shades of Grey in this new book that's out and and it's very sensual, lustful. um, They're making a movie out of it. The issue of this lust and perversion of something that is, you know, should be wonderful and great is really the issue here. It's it's not something that um, is only male um, driven, the, these ladies, proportionally, yes, 95% of purchasers, but sitting with survivors, uh, couples are purchasing these girls for different perverted um, exploits. Um, let me just share a case with you on the boy piece because she, Dottie's right. This is happening statistically, not the numbers, but absolutely happening to boys. I did a presentation in Merced County to their Office of Education and Foster Care Providers. A second uh, presenter came in halfway through my presentation, a young man, 22 years old. He asks if he can change his presentation. The host said yes. He follows my presentation, and the first words out of his mouth, pointing his finger at me, and, and he says, 
What this lady just shared with you is absolutely true. I'm a foster care kid. It happened to me from the age of five until I was nine. I can tell you what house, what riverbank, what men. This is happening up and down our valley. And he's a 22-year-old uh, child, young man who's doing great. But here's a young boy that was being sex trafficked um, as a child in Merced County. Unsolicited testimony, I have to say. He just, in front of a group of 80 people, men and women, shared that this horrific thing was happening to him as a foster kid. And I come across that quite a bit with victims that have knowledge that could stop this or get it prosecuted, and then um, getting it stopped or prosecuted is not as most people would think. It's actually, um, in 2010, there was only 144 people charged, not even sentenced or convicted, just charged with sex trafficking, and that's just not real. That's not realistic of the number of incidents that are occurring. Absolutely. You know, in, in California... You, go ahead. I was, let me just ask you a question. Are are the victims that you find from Mexico, are they people that have lived here a long time? No, no. These are homegrown girls. Uh, these are our daughters. These are our daughters. They're all... there's. Um, one of the young ladies I'm working with right now, beautiful, two-parent family, loving parents, um, you know, to her testimony, no sexual abuse in her past. Um, she graduated high school, and she wanted to go to beauty college, and her parents sent her to beauty college, I won't name where, at 18 years old. And she and five other girls were recruited out of the beauty college. Um, hmm. And and so um, I have another young girl who finished our local high school here at Downey, top of her class, 4.0. Um, but she was trafficked the entire year. She was raped at 15 and recruited by a trafficker, which was a family member, and trafficked for her entire 16th year over in San Francisco and managed to come back, finish high school. She's been out two years. She's doing amazing, beautiful, beautiful young lady, wants to be a culinary um Student, And so there is no, here's a couple of important factors. Human trafficking, sex trafficking knows no cultural boundaries, no socioeconomic boundaries. It, is it rampant in foster care? Absolutely. But that is not the only place. Um, it, 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 it recruits on high school campuses, on Facebook, in our malls. Um, it knows where to go. It knows what to look for. And so we have to be very careful. Does it get the girls that are broken? Yes. Girls that are sexually exploited in their own homes, molested, absolutely true. Low self-esteem. What the focus has to be for us is how these traffickers work and how they go after recruiting these girls. Um, that's something that we probably need to talk about, Francie. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, and thank you, Dottie, for being with us today because your input is... is uh, very important as well. Debbie, Dottie, and I will be right back with more on human trafficking. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. 
It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. IRB Search is where quality matters. IRB provides access to the best online data for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB data gives you strength in numbers, allowing you to access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified, and you'll receive a two-week free trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Okay, we're back. Dottie Lasker. And Debbie Johnson, without permission, and joining us um, while we're on the break is Vicki Seedow. Hi, Vicki. Hey, Francie. Uh, welcome to the show. And uh, Vicki is the uh, Vicki is a licensed private investigator in California, and she is also the owner moderator of a group called Flip. And I'll let you tell everybody what Flip stands for. Well, Flip is female legal and investigative professionals, but uh, when we, I founded the group in 2003, I believe, uh, we started, besides being a female networking group, we began finding missing kids and combating trafficking and solving cold cases and the like. Uh, there was a TV show made about us. We've done quite a bit. And so what I'm in doing right now is I'm in the final stages of getting nonprofit status for a co-ed version of FLIP, which is going to be forensic, legal, and investigative professionals, because I figure the boys need to play, too, and we need all the help we can get. So that's what, that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah. So are you, are you wor- have you been working on um, – which group is it that works on the human trafficking? Well, both, really. Um, the, the female version, which originally I meant to be just a, a female networking group for investigators – uh, we started doing the good works just because we're a bunch of women and that's what women do. And uh, and that evolved into uh, discovering there's really a need that you can get investigate you can get legal aid, but there's really no place I've found that you can get investigative aid. So when someone's child goes missing or you know, I I've, I've got lots of calls for people that believe their daughter is being trafficked and 
there's no way, for instance, if they can't pay for it, there's nobody that's going to help them. So uh, we just discovered so. a need, and we're trying to fill it, and I'm trying to get the nonprofit status so we can get some grants because I've been doing it all for free and paying out of pocket, <laughs> and we need yeah. to start monetizing it a little bit. Yeah, so both do, good. actually, well, that- the, both the co-ed and the all-woman all one. And Debbie, that's a, that brings up a really good point. Have you had trouble getting funded, or is your church funding? How's that working for you? Well, actually, no. We're a five hundred one c three nonprofit, and um, we're not actually going after federal grants. Um, we're looking for private funding and foundations, those types of things. We are a faith based um, organization, and so um, dealing with and supporting our survivors. We have a Christian perspective, and, and you know we really know that for these ladies to reintegrate back into the society and have healthy relationships, you have to deal with the spiritual aspect as well as, as, well as body and soul. And so um, as a faith-based organization, um, I didn't want any restraints put on our ability to deal with them spiritually as well as physically and emotionally. And so we're publicly funded, privately funded, excuse me, privately funded, and um we're doing well. Matter of fact, we have a huge fundraiser going right now. People could go to our website, the Furnace Creek 508. It's a 508-mile bike ride through Death Valley. And oh, wonderful. Have, I know. We have a local guy riding in it, and um, he's to help us raise funds for our shelter that we're opening in January of 2000. And where, and where would people go to find that? Uh, Withoutpermission.org. Okay. Withoutpermission.org. And, Dottie, let me ask you the same question. Uh, how do you... How do you fund your organization? Um, well, we don't. <laughs> Sometimes we get okay. donations. And I'm with Debbie. We stay, I've written $6.5 million in grants, um, but I found they just created gatekeepers that started to become part of the problem. So I'm with Debbie. I don't pursue government funds. I um, look for, attract, and welcome all donations from $10 for, I mean, we're thankful for everything from the private community. Um, I'm currently in More Magazine, and it talks about Flip in there as well. Uh, so if you pick up the October issue of More, M-O-R-E Magazine, you can see about our work. And then um, I also sell jewelry. I have a, a company called Trafficked Designs, and we have a line of jewelry called SOS for Save One Soul. And um, if you go to my website, LasterGlobal.com, or my Facebook, Dottie Laster, and uh, on the on the website, click on my blog, and you can see the jewelry. And so we kind of we get really creative, and and um, we I've probably worked in the last year fifty trafficking cases, which we all had um, amazing outcomes for, and I did it with. Um, yeah, you know, the equivalent of 50 cents. <laughs> we actually had a little more money than that. But, I mean, when you look at the traffickers have $9.5 billion annually at the low end to work with. And then my joke is, well, if I just had a billion, maybe I could do something. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's, you know, that's really discouraging, uh, actually. And uh, do you find yet private donations? Can people donate on your website, Daddy? Yes, they can. Um, the nonprofit I'm actually with is the Bernardo Kohler Center. We do immigration legal work, and even though I'm not an attorney, I can practice law, which is an amazing dream of mine. Um, so the two ways you can find me is LasterGlobal.com, and on there okay. is a link to our nonprofit. 
And that nonprofit is the Bernardo Kohler Center, and that's Bernardo, K-O-H-L-E-R dot O-R-G. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, Gabby, um, you said you had a uh, business plan yeah. from a guy that was prosecuted in Allen County. Would yeah. you share that with us? Yeah, it's it's a full notebook page, so I probably I won't get to all of them. But this is to get in, give our listeners a, a perspective on. Remember, pimps and traffickers are male and female. They're not only male, predominantly male, absolutely. But we, you know, one, we want to be careful that we're not becoming the men man haters club. You know, uh, right. that kind of thing. And so, uh, just keeping that in perspective. But this is the plan um, of. I'm just going to try and read a few of them. Get more serious about my money and my future. Um, maintain and campaign. Everything I do or buy uh, must be a campaign tool. Um, attend the Players Ball in Vegas, which we really need to talk about. The Players Ball is the Academy Awards uh, gathering for traffickers and pimps across our nation. It's televised. Really? It's televised. Well, it's promoted in uh, Vegas. Um, Florida, Chicago, help me, Dottie, you probably know better than I do. There's billboards everywhere. And, it, you know, I ran across a case in Orange County of a 14-year-old that with all the hell she'd been through, she was hardwired to the point where she would hurt people to get to this ball. It's the most evil thing I've ever seen. Absolutely. And, and here's his business plan. Attend the Players Ball in Vegas, cross-country Pimping, establish my name internationally. Um, pimp or die. Set up international operation. Have five hoes on every corner. Uh, make wow. every er, make every hoe take a vow of hoeing. Dottie's point about being so hardwired, the brainwashing that happens. Um, put my city on the map and establish my own players. Establish my pimp tools, which is jewelry, mints, etc. Stack money to the ceiling, safety deposit box. Cash cars. Listen to this. Cash cars. Buy a lot of good cash cars. That way I will always have a car if something goes bad. And I'll just put this last one in here. Keep in touch with Big Al out of Florida. And in parentheses he has IDs. Identification. They give all these girls false IDs to make it harder to prosecute because when the girls are arrested, remember we don't arrest purchasers or traffickers uh, in the years past. We arrest these girls with false IDs. And so the connection and the criminal piece for what we've been up in law enforcement and in our communities and not talking about this issue is these girls get arrested, they present false IDs, and so even if they're registered as missing, which you, I'm sure you're aware, we have one million children registered missing annually in the United States of America. That's not the throwaways, the parents that don't report, the runaways that you know go are gone for a day. One million children are reported missing according to the class foundation every year. So these traffickers and pimps have a vast pool of potential recruits. And so they give these girls false IDs and in this business plan that relationship with making sure they can get girls um IDs and so on and so forth. Uh, find other ways to work my hose, internet, international dancers, um, and so on. So again, these, these are all business plans. Um, I don't, I have some books. 
um, that would really help our listeners, Francie, that I'd like to yeah, share. Yeah, sure. Are Absolutely. That? Um, yep. this, the first one is Renting Lacey, and it's written by a um, U.S. representative who started the Share Hope International. But it, it's she does an amazing job in this easy read. It's a one-day read, Renting Lacey by Linda Smith. And it chronicles um, what we're doing across our nation in our country, what we're up against, those types of things. But it paints a phenomenal picture of all the different markets from uh, the girls that are bought and sold at truck stops to the girls that are working casinos to the girls that are, I'd love to talk about this, but I know we're going to run out of time, that are trafficked to male-driven events, i.e. the Super Bowl. So Renting uh, Lacey by Linda Smith. The other one is called Off the Street. It's by Detective Christopher Bachman, and he is a detective out of Las Vegas, and he works the pandering investigation team there. And he chronicles um, one of the biggest cases in Vegas' history, um, because before years ago, before Chris even started to work there, Vegas never had a trafficking or pimping or pandering case in its history. Las Vegas wow. never had That's amazing. That's amazing. So, just oh for and so in his street in his book Off the Street, Chris chronicles the case where he took down this guy. It's very hard to it's hard language, but it's his story of how he brought this guy down and, and we're talking about traffickers that live where Celine Dion lives. So in Dottie's case, what she talked about, the money. And then the last book is by Julian Shear, S-H-E-R, uh, and it's called Somebody's Daughter. And he's a national, internationally known journalist who's followed the um, issue of the prostituted children in the United States of America. So these three books, any of them, uh, Francie, would educate um, your listeners on the issue and the plight here in the United States of America. That's terrific. Thank you so much for giving that. Um, oh, and Francie, can I? Add, yeah. I, I just want to add something to what she was saying. Uh, I, we have had a devil of a time with even getting missing kids uh, reported. With the, the law enforcement, usually goes, "Oh, come on, it's a runaway," and you know they don't want to work it, and and, and they don't, and they and they'll say to me. Oh, we don't have that around here. I'll go, no, we believe she's been trafficked. No, we don't have that where we are. And and I get that from law enforcement all across the country. They won't even take the report. Absolutely, absolutely the truth. And, you know, statistically they say, um, well, and the traffickers exploit that, Francie. They know that law enforcement will not begin to look for this girl until 24 hours has passed. Mm-hmm. Statistically, mm-hmm. she's getting a mile a minute away from her support team that her support a circle that can help find her. And so that's one of the things that they do exploit. Um, I'd love to tell you just really quickly, if I could, what happened at the Super Bowl this year. Were you aware that there was an... Yeah. Hang or- on a sec. We, we have to take one more break. Okay. You can tell it right when you can, we come back. Stay okay. tuned for more from Debbie Johnson of Without Permission. And joining us is Vicki Seedow from Flip and Dot Laster from Million Kids and other things. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. My guest, Debbie Dottie and Nikki, are all fighting human trafficking in their own way. And we were just discussing, uh, Debbie was just about ready to tell us about something that happened in Vegas. Go ahead, Debbie. Um, this year at the Super Bowl, actually in Indianapolis. Or, oh, and uh, the Super Bowl, that's right. Sorry. At the Super Bowl, remembering that trafficking works the same routes that drugs and guns run, and they move these girls across state lines. And so case in point is this year in January at Indianapolis's uh, oil can field, I think it is, or Lucas oil field. That's what it is, Lucas Oilfield. Um, the NFL Hospitality, Class Kids Foundation, Class Foundation, Oregonians Against Trafficking, Free International to Vegas, and without permission sent one of its team members. And they worked the entire week before the Super Bowl educating um, all the hotel employees about trafficking and what it looks like and bringing in myriads of, of volunteers to work the streets. And here's how it broke down. The Class Foundation put together a pamphlet of the 50 uh, potentially most likely girls to be trafficked into the Super Bowl, whether it's age, geography of where they were reported missing or what have you. They sat on the Internet, which is where these girls are being sold, and they tried to match the pictures from the pamphlet of these 50 girls to the Internet website pictures. They sent teams to bus stops, strip clubs, bars, hotels, and began to look for these girls out of that pamphlet. And this year in January, Francie, at the Super Bowl, they rescued 14 girls. 14 girls for sex trafficking at our Super Bowl. And not one person in this nation heard about that. um, Why is that? Why is that? Because they're juveniles? Uh, No, one, I mean, one, NFL. Does the NFL want that image around that big event that men are coming in and while they're coming to the Super Bowl from all over the country, they're buying girls? Um, I think that that's the big issue is is the media. It's a difficult thing. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And when you're talking about the class foundation, that's that's the poly class with yes. Mark class, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So 
for those that don't know, Polly Class was abducted and murdered in California a number of years ago. Mark Class is his father and has the foundation on missing children. Yes, yes. So with that, just in my piece, one of the things like we talked about, supply and demand, economics, not only do we have to train law enforcement and we have to support them, and that's what we exist here for, is to serve law enforcement. We all know every state's bankrupt. We know there's no money, whatever, whatever. But in Stanislaus County, without permission, is we're going to support our law enforcement. We're going to train them. We're going to bring in national speakers. Uh, whatever they need, whatever tools they need so that they can fight this crime and eradicate it out of Stanislaus County. That's what we exist to do, as well as support those that they rescue and support those survivors back into wholeness and back into a life. And so one of those pieces as well is going after these purchasers. And so there are 10 things that we have on our, I think it's on our website, I'll make sure it's up, that men and boys can do to stop trafficking and some of those are stop patronizing strip clubs, stop consuming pornography, um, confront the belief that prostitution is a victimless crime. It's not. Challenge the glamorization of pimping in our culture. Like I said, we have a whole generation of young boys that think it's cool and it's profitable as a career choice. Um, uh, in sex tourism, we know that um, 7 out of 10 men that stop off, step off an airplane in um, I can't think of the country right now. Help me. In in those third Thailand. world countries, Thailand for, for sex trafficking are American businessmen. Um, we can stop trafficking through that, um, and and so on. There, those are things men and boys can do to stop trafficking, as well as what we're doing on the front lines to support the survivors and law enforcement. And it just seems that it's impossible they would do the men and boys would actually do those things. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately. But you know, maybe I'm I'm biased. I will say I'm biased. So <laughs> good for you. <laughs> you know, they will do it. I just think that they're they're ignorant as well. I mean, like I said, human trafficking is not a new new problem. Um, it's just escalated to the most debased, um, unimaginable that we're raping our 12 and 13 year old girls because we've sat at a table of pornography and now we, we're acting out what we've seen. And so we, we now have to stand up and, and believe again that there are men out there that truly are heroes and protectors. I mean, your investigators, our police officers, our firefighters, these are real heroes and it's in them. They're created and put together to protect and to care for and to nurture. And so we we have to continue to believe that that's in them and build that and fight for them and stand with them. And we as women, let's just say this lastly, I'll close on this, we need to come back to some place of modesty. Um, the fact that Shades of Grey is number one on the bestseller, the movie's being uh, made that 30% of women are addicted to pornography. We've bought into the lie and now we're doing it to ourselves. Recruiters are women. Two of our survivors were re- were turned out by their own biological sisters. One of my volunteers was trafficked by her mother to pay for her meth addiction. And so the drug dealers would bring the meth, and then the mother would send her to her 14-year-old daughter's bedroom to pay for the drug. So, you know, we have to be very mindful that this is a, a full-circle thing. It's not a man against woman. It's It's not us against them. This is a U.S., United States of America issue. It's a shame and a blot on us. And, you know, too many of us think we eradicated slavery in 1865, um, and we didn't. It's still here, and, and we all have to get together and do something about it. 
really good And Francie, point. what she's saying about the mothers selling their children, I can't even count the number of cases of that that we've seen with Flip. Uh, it, it, one of my girls, we, we kind of joke about it because I'll say, you know that five-year-old that was being trafficked out of the trailer park? She goes, the little boy? No, I think it was a girl. And, you know, we have the, oh, that one, you know. It, that's how our conversations go. We're thinking, wow, we're going to look silly sitting on the porch talking about this. They'll put us on some kind of antipsychotics because they're, they're going to think we're hallucinating. But it happens and, a whole lot. And, Vicki, do you find that that is drug-related as well? Often, yes. Yeah. In fact, okay. Well, and Dottie knows one that we recovered together, um, you know, started out with, uh, you know, grandfather started her off when she was like three or five or something, and then mom started selling her, and then, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's pretty much cookie cutter. It happens a lot. Hmm. Very sad. You know, it's very sad, and, and, and you can't understand, you, you really can't understand why there's some resistance to believing this because it, it really attacks our whole belief system and how, how we treat our children. Absolutely. And it must. I mean, it needs to change. We need to stop playing the game. It's, it's called the game, and like there you stop playing the game. I mean, call it yeah. what it is. It's Debbie said, paid rape. You know, when you call it paid yeah. rape, it's a little less likely that Lawrence Taylor, former NFL player, gets a misdemeanor and a guilty, you know, a guilty plea. He gets a misdemeanor for procuring a 16-year-old from a trafficker. That's bull. We need to say, hey, he paid for rape. You need to do the time. Absolutely. And, and I think men, yeah. uh, men are sort of inclined to believe that the women are actually doing this on their own and they really enjoy it because it's what they want to believe. I think that a lot of men convince themselves, and the girls are trained to convince the men, that, oh, they absolutely love their job, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm they sure actually that's true. make. I mean, if you could hear the way they talk about the men, either they don't remember them, or they remember the most disgusting, nasty things about them. So, men, if you're listening, they don't <laughs> like you at all. I'm sitting at a psychiatrist's <laughs> office now with a young woman who doesn't like you. I, she's rescued, and two years later, she still is in intense therapy because of men that bought her. So, um, that's all right. We need to bust that bubble. All right, guys, we have to go. This is amazing, amazing show today. Thank you all for joining. And I'm, we have to go. Sorry, everybody. So, again, <laughs> tune in next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. It's PIS Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Dottie and Vicki, for joining. Thanks, Debbie, for joining while you're in the middle of moving. Mm-hmm. And I'll be Thank talking you, to you soon. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.